Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the NS9 post-game show. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. It is by myself tonight. No Jim, no Ty Ty. You guys are welcome. Um, but anyways, Pittsburgh Pirates. Tonight's game, I got to say, it actually wasn't terrible. <laughs> that's, that's saying something. But no, I mean, you could say the game started out not doing too hot. Seemed like it was going to be a um, pretty bad game. And then it got exciting. It got pretty fun. Pirates took a lead, had a lead for most of the game going forward. And then it didn't become fun anymore. Pirates do end up losing today 7-5. to five. But really, all in all, there's a lot of positives to take from this game. Let's just start from the transactions today. So Jack Sawinski does get recalled. He is in the lineup to, to uh, his very first game. He's in the lineup today. He um, batted sixth in the lineup today. Um, and then in, in doing so, they optioned Bly Madras. So that was the, I mean, I think a lot of people were speculating that he was going to be making the roster. I know, uh, Diego Castillo posted a picture on Instagram, um, congratulating him for coming back to the major leagues and then it got deleted. So I know a lot of people were speculating that was going to happen and it did of course today. So as mentioned, Jack Swinski does get called back up. Now, mind you, we were pretty critical on him being sent down at the time. I know I felt he struggled. We know he struggled. I forget the numbers. It was like, oh, or I think one hit out of like 33 plate appearances, something like that. It was a very, it was a big struggle. But I felt like it was best to just keep him here, let him work through things. I don't know why they were, like in his case, quick to send him down. But mind you, the struggles continued in, in Indy. Uh, it's not as if he went down and just lit it on fire in Indianapolis. He was struggling down there quite a bit too. But he comes back up today, sends down Bly Madris. Josh Van Meter survives once again. Greg Allen is still on the club. We can get into that discussion here. But regardless, <sighs> Bryce Wilson gets the nod tonight. Now, Bryce Wilson's last outing, he lasted one inning. Looked terrible. I know I had the question. I asked it to Tyler. I asked it to Jim. You know, at this point in time, if you were to, to pick one pitcher, would it be Bryce Wilson? Would it be Zach Thompson? They were kind of split on, on both sides. Neither are really good, but albeit he makes his start again today, and it was not a good start for Bryce Wilson once again. He only lasts three innings, so his last two starts, four total innings. Today he gives up three earned runs on five hits, two walks, two strikeouts. Now, mind you, the thing I said about Bryce Wilson is the one, <laughs> I say encouraging very loosely when I say this, but the one encouraging thing about Bryce Wilson is due to him not being a good pitcher, at least he's not walking people. So when he gives up damage, right, when he goes and does his non-good pitching things, the damage is minimized, 
And, you know, at least you can maybe with a, a good offense get through a game and potentially get out a win. So today with the only three innings pitch, he did walk two batters. That caused some more damage. He was giving up very hard hits, which has been like his MO. Like that's his thing. He's not a good pitcher. He doesn't have swing and miss stuff. And to be honest, he gives up a ton of hard hits. And today, no different. In the three innings he did pitch, he gave up six batted balls, 100 miles an hour or more. Again, just not pretty. But mind you, that's kind of was like the story to start off the game. Let's let's talk about the Pirates side of things. Uh, the Pirates starting off with Ono Cruz, who, by the way, led off the game again today, which I'm all for, for the people who are saying he's a 199 hitter. Why is he leading off? Listen, I get that. If this was a normal year, if the Pirates were contending, I don't want to see O'Neill Cruz leading off the way he's performing right now. But this is clearly a developmental year because Ben Charrington has said, I'm not going to put out a winning product because I still have Josh Van Meter on this ball club on August 29th and Greg Allen on this ball club. Six in plate appearances in the month of August on all players for the Pirates in the month of August. And they're, they're very bad. They're very poor players. So this isn't a year where you are creating a lineup designed for ultimate performance. So if you're talking about O'Neill Cruz, the 2022 version of O'Neill Cruz, you're looking at a development. So for one, batting him first, he gets the most plate appearances. It's good for his development. Sees a lot of pitches. But he also has actual people behind him that MLB pitchers fear. So you might not be going and giving your best guy out there for O'Neill Cruz. And like it kind of showed today. I mean, we saw teams pitch around him a little bit as well. You didn't see them bring in the lefty right away because O'Neill Cruz is up because, hey, Brian Reynolds is behind him as well. And behind him is Ben Gamble and Michael Chavis. So that's why, and I know Tyler's really big on this. I think Tyler was the first to mention, you know, with us that that's where he wants to see him. Jim's on board with it. Uh, that's why when we talk about Ono Cruz batting first, that's the reasons because it's not that they're designed to, to this lineup isn't designed to win games. So if you're not doing that, <clears throat> let these guys get better. So Onel <clears throat> Cruz does lead things off today. Hits a screamer, 113 miles an hour, had an expected batting average of 830, and it's an out. Next up, Brian Reynolds <clears throat> has an expected batting average of 590, it's an out. <laughs> so Corbin Burns gets out of you know a little bit of luck there. Then, uh, as mentioned, Bryce Wilson takes the mound. He gives up 106 miles an hour. He gives up 170 miles an hour. Both 770, 670 expected batting averages. All lineouts. So he gets out. Right, he gets lucky. Corbin Burns gets lucky. That like sets the tone. Right, both give up some hard hits. Defense plays. Outs are made. Problem is, there goes my alarm. Problem is, the luck didn't uh, hold strong for, for Bryce Wilson, as mentioned. So he's already gone an inning, giving up two batted balls of 100 miles an hour. His second inning out, two batted balls, 100 miles an hour. Single ground out, escapes that again, right? Third inning, that's where things fall apart. Single, 106 miles an hour. Single, 104 miles an hour. Single, 95 miles an hour. Double, 106 miles an hour. There's three runs. There's Bryce Wilson in a nutshell. 
And again, problem is he walks guys in between. So he's just getting hit hard all day, which didn't last long. 56 pitches, three innings, gets yanked. That's what I mentioned. Brewers are taking the lead. This is where the game gets no fun. You just see things happening. The Brewers are going to take this lead. They're going to take this game. Pirates offense is still just meh, right? But um, things kind of change. Now, before I get into the Pirates offense here, just want to go ahead and mention how that um, Eric Stout comes in. Now, Eric Stout had a labor as well. 50 pitches in 1.2 innings. Two hits, two walks as well. Three strikeouts. Escape some things. And, and again, leading into that, right? Bryce Wilson already did his damage. Now Eric Stout's coming in. So you're just expecting this game to fall apart. And that's why I say, like, Stout did his job. Gave up zero earned runs. But it's not as if he did it looking pretty. So... Eric Stout gets through it. Ramirez comes in, gives up a, a scoreless 1.1 as well. So, I mean, the bullpen's doing what they need to do to keep the, the team in the game. It, it is just three runs, even though, again, we're talking about the Pirates' offense. Three runs seems unattainable for, for a lot of reasons. Um, but that, again, that, that stopped. The Pirates strung some hits together. Um, O'Neill Cruz comes up the bat. Hits a monster home run against Corbin Burns, who was, I mean, it was a really good plate appearance too as well. The one thing I got to say about O'Neill Cruz today, he had some really good at-bats. So obviously we mentioned that the first two hits he had were both 113 miles an hour. The second one, 117 miles an hour for the home run. But again, like his approach, like he looked actually good. That last at-bat, I guess I'm going to hit myself. I'll, I'll get there. But O'Neill Cruz hits a home run. It's 4-3 ball game. And again, a monster, monster home run. This is the thing that excites you about O'Neill Cruz. And this is why I'm starting to get very testy lately. And I'm sorry. And as I, I said it to Jim on Twitter, because I, I called out Tim Benz on something, I'm just tired of the stupid, stupid opinions and stupid takes anymore. And I've been pretty nice and tolerant, and it's just starting to come out. But for all the people that want to go off about Ono Cruz's numbers, and like, why does he get all this love? And why are people always talking about the exit velocity and all these other things? He's batting 199. He strikes out 40% of the time. Yes, he is. No one's ignoring that. We all understand that. Ono Cruz isn't performing. But that's not the story to O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz needs to perform. O'Neill Cruz needs to get better. And then to do so, part of that is maybe batting him leadoff in this developmental year. Put some, some actual batters behind him that can hit so he's not constantly facing the best lefty, which is his struggles. And if he's batting first, he's seeing all these you know late appearances to get better. It's about the development. Why we recognize he's struggling, I get that, but on the flip side, things that he does is so incredible. Nobody does it. I'm not well, I can't say nobody, but I'll say this no one has the complete package that he does. Can players throw as hard as him? Yes, can guys hit as hard as him? Yes, can guys run as fast as him? Yes, but there's no one out there else that can do all of those in one in one package. He plays good defense. He has 
a very iffy arm, which we saw again today. Now the arm, I mean, it's it's strong as hell, but he's not accurate a lot of throws. And Chavis bailed him out again today. He's got to clean that up to be more effective, right? He hits the ball very, very hard. And the thing about hitting the ball very, very hard, as we saw today with Bryce Wilson out there, if you hit the ball hard, chances are you're going to do damage and get on base. He has to start making better contact so that way that skill set comes into place. But this is why you're allowed to be excited. And I'm so sick and tired of people hating on people for being excited about Ono Cruz. He does some really amazing things. This is why you're excited to see the growth because if he can put it together, holy hell, the player that he can become. And for a fan base that's starving for any actual talent, why on God's green earth are you like bashing people for actually being excited for the one guy on this team that has talent? <laughs> like you've watched month over month, game over game, like Josh Van Meter and Yoshi's and Greg Allen's like all these players that are just terrible. And the one guy that does phenomenal things does something. And all you want to hear is negativity. People complaining about you being excited for watching and being excited for that one guy that does something that's, that's magnificent. Like, holy hell, look what he's doing. This isn't done before. You're allowed to be excited for it. And no one is dismissing that he's struggling. But this is an offense and an organization that kind of really needs him to hit. So I understand people being encouraged and wanting that thing to happen because it kind of needs to happen. So be on board and watch it to come to fruition because if it comes to fruition, you're kind of seeing a player who I'm not going to go on, on, the, on the edge of like the face of baseball, but this is a guy who's batting 199 and you constantly see him out there every single night on national baseball media for things that he does. So, like, imagine if he's batting 270, what he can become. So, yes, please, fans, be excited. And at Tim Benz, every single time you are, or whoever else you are, like, it's it's stupid that you shouldn't be excited for these, these things. But anyways, Ono Cruz does come with the bat, hits the ball. It's a 4-3 game. And this is another thing I'm going to talk about, which we've been talking about time and time again. But... <sighs> Rodolfo Castro, <laughs> he has, uh, I mean, we marveled O'Neill Cruz's home run, but like Castro hit the hell out of that ball as well today. He hits another home run today, his fifth on the season. Um, you know, for the season, he's now batting 254. His OPS has crept up to 755. I didn't do the numbers after this game, but again, still, he goes one for four today with the home run, all against the righty as well. Like, I know Jim and I go back and forth a little bit. Jim seems to be all forward with he, he's an everyday second baseman. And I'm still like, eh, I'm hesitant. You know, the thing is, the splits, he, he crushes lefties. Righties, he doesn't fare too well against. But, like, this is why I'm getting more and more encouraged. One for four tonight with a home run. His last game, two for four. Last game, two for four before that. He's doing damage against righties now. Uh, before this game is WRC plus versus righties was 90. With the home run today, I'm sure it's, it's at about, about league average. Like, he's probably going to be stronger versus lefties than righties for his career. 
But if he can be league average against righties and mash lefties, I mean, you're talking about an everyday player. And for all the things that we're excited about Ono Cruz about, like, like I'm, I'm kind of putting Rodolfo Castro in mini Cruz territory. Like we see the speed from him. You see the athleticism, the power, the arm strength. Like he's not on Ono Cruz level, but by God, does he have the tools? And I understand he got, he has some issues with some boneheaded plays. And it's a very, very small sample, but like the positive, we haven't really been talking about those too often for like the past week. <laughs> Again, that's coachable stuff, but the tools are screaming right now. And I don't know what it is. And it's still very small sample to talk in this latest, you know, um, recall. But I mean, I think we're about 70 plate appearances since his last call up. But what he's been doing in a short amount of time, like I said, like the tools are just screaming at you right now. Again, with O'Neill Cruz, how the tools just scream at you. Cruz clearly has a higher ceiling, but I'm getting more and more bought in with the Rodolfo Cash for every game. With how you probably felt he was at the beginning of this year after seeing last year. Right? I mean, he's still very young, still very young, right? But, eh, you know, Castro, maybe he'd become a utility guy, maybe. And with every, every game I feel like right now in the 2022 season, I, I feel like he's, he's really proving himself. Like he wants to make a statement that he is going to be the everyday second baseman next year. And, and who does he have to fight against, really? I mean, you're talking about Kevin Newman, who I think all of us have penciled off this team for next year. I know Kevin Newman, again, today did go for two for four. Like I said, he, he is still collecting hits. He's still producing to a Kevin Newman standard. But like Rodolfo Castro is just showing you like what he can do. And it's nothing that Kevin Newman can do. Like Rodolfo Castro has legit power, legit speed, strength. He's actually pretty patient at the plate as well. Um, I'm really liking a lot of stuff from Rodolfo Castro. And like for a season that has Josh Van Meter. Greg Allen, like all those guys I keep talking about. Like for the rest of the season, my eyes are on, of course, O'Neill Cruz, right? Like how he finishes, how he progresses, if he progresses, of course. But also just Rodolfo Castro. Like those are the two guys that excite me the most. Yeah, Jack Swinsky being back up, that's good. I want to see how he continues. Um, Marcano, you know, to a degree, I mean, he's really struggling still and I'm, I have my reservations against him, but like Rodolfo Cascio, like how he finishes this season, you might be looking at your everyday second baseman next year. Cause who's really taking it from Marcano Newman, Diego Castillo. If he continues this. And again, and the big thing for me is righties. Like how does he finish strong with righties as well? Castro and, and Cruz as your middle infield could be, Again, you're talking about the fun factor. You're talking about the intrigue, the exciting factor. Holy hell, what those two can do, the talent, the tools they have, they can put it together and be actual good, productive players all around too. That's a, that's a big thing. Um, yeah, Dale, Dale says about Bay. I want to see Bay as well. The thing is, Casho's here. He's been here. Bay's not even on the 40-man yet. That, to me, I feel like, is probably Castro's biggest competition next year for second base is G1 Bay. And I swear his ass better be here in September when these rosters expand. Um, 
because simply the fact that they're expanding, but like, come on, can we get rid of Josh Van Meter? Can it happen? There is no point. He's had 16 at bats so far in the month of August, three hits in the month of August. Now, listen, I, I'm thankful he's not starting over Rodolfo Castro and taking at bats away from these guys like he once was. But now we're at the point where there's there's no value. There's no point of him being here. Get him off the team. Get Bay up here. Start mixing up some of these players. Listen, I love Ben Gamble. I, I, I like Ben Gamble. I, I think like he deserves to be on this club for the rest of the year regardless. He can actually provide veteran leadership. But it's, it's, it's becoming time for Ben Gamble to take that step back. Get Bay up here. There's where the at-bats go. Ben Gamble doesn't make as, as many starts. He doesn't get as many plate appearances. He becomes the clubhouse guy. He gets some starts here and there. But that's where the at-bats open up with. Like, Swinsky's already here. Ben Gamble's got to start taking that step back. So I'm with you. G1 Bay... I'm liking a lot from what I see of him and his skills. And I think he actually is the one that presents the biggest battle for Rodolfo Castro. But again, Castro's the one that's here. Castro's the one that's doing it right now. So if there's one that's going to be taking position of second base, to me, it's 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 almost it's Castro's right now to lose. Um, but yeah, very good point, Dale. Bay's probably the one that battles him the closest with it. But uh, anyways, yeah. So Rodolfo Castro had another good game. Another... I mean, good defensive plays as well. He just, like again, he is really, really intriguing me, and it's it's happened very quickly. So, uh, yeah. With that said, just kind of going down the lineup. So Brian Reynolds, two for four today. I mean, he is Brian Reynolds. He's good. Yeah, going back, Dale says not sold on the, on the defense. I'm with you. Like that's the thing. A, this is gonna be the Castro show. Whatever it is, what it is. <laughs> um. You have every reason not to be, and you're you're 100 correct. I'm not sold on it either, but there's a lot of stuff that I like. There's there's a lot of things about his defense that I do like, and it, I just feel again like a lot of stuff with Castro, I feel can be optimized with good coaching. Now that's that's asking for a lot too, and I understand that, but like I feel like he has all this skill set. He has the athleticism. You see the glove. You see the plays he makes defensively with the glove. You see the arm that he has. I feel like if he can get coached up, he could be a good defender. But it's not there yet. Uh, and I get that. And, I, and Marcano, I mean, by God, he's a great defender, especially in the infield. Bay, I can't really judge, but I feel like he probably is a better defender as well. I just feel like Castro could be. He could be. A lot of his stuff, I feel... He's got the tools. He's got the skills. It's the coaching that's going to make him even better. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but okay, I will move on from Castro then. So yeah, Brian Reynolds goes two for four again today. Still kind of continuing his big August. Good on him. Chavis goes 0 for 5, three strikeouts. A big strikeout at the end. It was a good battle. But Chavis is... I think we're clearly seeing what he is. And I will not fault the Pirates at this point in time for exposing him. And he's going to get exposed. And his numbers are going to get weaker and weaker. Because at least at the beginning part, they weren't exposing him much because they're batting him versus lefties and sitting him versus righties. But in do so, to sit him versus righties, you're 
playing Yoshi, you're playing Josh Van Meter and such. And that they're at the point now where Josh Van Meter isn't seeing it. Like they're just going to go ahead and play Chavis at first versus righties, which we were asking for all along, if anything, because of the glove, which once again today, he proved it with that one throw by Cruz. Chavis bailed him out. Like his glove for not being a first baseman as well. He is not a first baseman. This team does not have a first baseman on the roster. He is not one, but he's playing the part of one. And he's playing exceptionally well for Michael Chavis not being a first baseman. Okay. He's he's made some errors. There's been some times where, you know, he hasn't done the job, but overall he really has. So because he's the best first baseman on this team, I'm okay with him going over five today versus a righty because he's going to do that. But at least he was able to make that play today with Ono Cruz defensively. So his numbers overall are going to look bad by the end of the year. But I think he still he hits lefties well enough. He's he can play different positions. He's on this roster next year, and he can be productive in that role in a platoon guy facing lefties. Um, Kevin Newman has mentioned two for four today. Sawinski does get the call back up as we talked about. He goes one for three today. First at bat gets a hit. Nice to see, right? I mean, this is the guy who was sent down. I think a lot of people questioned it. I think a lot of people felt like it was motivated by manipulating Super 2 potentially, which, by the way, like he might be a day or two shy of that, so we'll see what happens. Um, but he does come back up, one for three, and then he gets picked off on the bases. So it was a good moment for him until it wasn't. <laughs> uh, Marcano goes one for three today. Jason DeLay goes one for three, a big hit. He had a big hit there uh, and drew a walk at the end in the ninth inning, uh, which Greg Allen replaced him on the bases. So again, this was the Pirates potentially coming back. He, he was the first person to face Devin Williams, gets walked, sets the table, does what he needs to do. Again, like I'm just like pleasantly pleased with Jason DeLay. There's nothing that screams he's a good player. I mean, again, hell, he's, he's got a 612 OPS. He, he's not good. <laughs> but I just feel like he doesn't harm the team. And that's all I'm asking for right now, especially in this catching situation. He just doesn't harm the team. He, he comes through with some pretty big hits, doesn't do anything crucial to hurt you. Um, and that's just what today was again for him. So again, just one for three, but it was the, the time of the hit was good. The time of the walk was really good. Um, so there's your offense. What I do want to talk about. So Will Crow gets the L today. Will Crow comes in, pitches just 0.1 innings. Gives up three earned runs, two homers. Just not a good outing from Will Crow. Before him was, was Underwood. Underwood looked really good his first inning. Comes in for the second one because that's what we got to do, right? This bullpen has to be used multiple innings. So comes out for the second one. Gets pulled rather quickly. Only goes .2. Loud a base runner. That's when, of course, Crow comes in. Very first guy hits a home run. And now Underwood's charged that earned run, right? So... Underwood goes 1.2, gets an earned run, but actually it was, a, it was a good outing by him. I was encouraged to see what Underwood did, uh, as I typically am, especially with that first inning with him. But Crow didn't have it today. And so, like, what I want to say about Crow, he's got the 3.5 ERA now. I feel like at the end of this year, you're going to look at Crow and kind of, kind of be mixed because we all remember early season Will Crow. And we remember Will Crow being good. And at the end of the year, you're going to, the last 
taste in your mouth is going to be that struggling will crow. And we look at the overall numbers, they're pedestrian. And it's like, eh, maybe will crow isn't good. But I, I really feel like I'm still very encouraged by will crow. It's just so unfortunate the way this bullpen has to be used. And it really does have to because like this is another piece that could have been built rather cheaply and it could have been kind of effective. But that was omitted pretty much for the most part by Ben Charrington. So you have got, I mean, Bednar's been on the IL for how long now too? Like you have guys going on injured list. You have guys struggling because of multiple innings. So think about last year. This is what I'm going to do. So let's go back one year. Last year, the big guys was Underwood. Underwood was used a ton. Chris Stratton was used a ton. When you look at relievers in all of MLB, Chris Stratton threw 79.1 innings last year, six in all of relievers. Um, Dwayne Underwood pitched 72.2 innings last year, 13th of all relievers. And I think this story for both of them was about the same. You know, I, I felt like Underwood was better than what his numbers show. You know, last year he had a 4.33 ERA. Chris Stratton ended the year had a 3.63 ERA, but I felt like I was more encouraged by Chris Stratton earlier on than later. And like I feel like that's what we're doing with Will Crow right now. Will Crow's entering that territory. He has 60. Where am I at? Oh, this is last year still. Hold on, guys. Let me pull up. <laughs> I thought I was prepared. Um, I think he's at like 65 innings right now. So as of today, Will Crow leads Pittsburgh in innings with 60. Okay, well, 64.2 um, innings pitched, which for MLB, I believe, is fourth. He's, he's fourth right now in, in all of Major League Baseball for levers. And I just feel like what we're finding and seeing right now is a very overworked Will Crow. And just by default, he has to go out there for multiple innings. He has to go out there a lot because if the team wants to win, you have to have effective relievers. And he's it. He's the guy. And I just want to, like, I'm preparing people because it's not looking good now. And I just have this feeling it's going to get uglier for Will Crow. And at the end of the season, you're going to hear a lot of people down on Will Crow and probably writing him off. And I'm here to tell you, don't be that person. Go into next year still fresh. Because it's not his fault that he has to be fourth in MLB in innings pitched for relievers. It's Ben Charrington's fault. <laughs> and Shelton to a degree because he still has to use these guys for multiple innings for some reason. Um, so, yeah, Will Crow didn't look good tonight. But please chill. <laughs> I We're all Pirates fans. I, I, I understand and realize a lot of Pirates fans are, are fickle and it's what you've done for me lately. And there's a lot of overreactions and extremes. And that's why, again, I'm here to tell you that be kind to Will Crow. It's not his fault that he's bad. This is, it wasn't really Chris Stratton's fault last year that he was that bad or Dwayne Underwood's last year that he was that bad. It's the organization and what they set them up to do. And they're setting up basically to fail. So those are my last words and this in the show tonight <laughs> for, for the post game. Be kind to Will Crow. He actually has done a really good job and I still believe in Will Crow. And I think next year he can be a big part of this road, uh, bullpen. He's going to need to be. 
and things are probably looking more towards the first half than what the second half is. So that's everything. Um, I didn't look at tomorrow again. You guys know better. T tomorrow the Pirates play again. I know it's at 8.05. Uh, so the Pirates play the Brewers. I'm sorry, 8.10. It's going to be Mitch Keller Day versus Jason Alexander. So I guess Jason Alexander and Newman in the same game for you Seinfeld fans. Uh, so yeah, Mitch Keller. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens for Mitch Keller Day. But uh, that's the show. That's it. I appreciate you all for watching. As always, thank you. We'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully, Tyler will be on as well with myself. But until then, bye-bye.